In these unprecedented times, we need effective immune support. That's why I'm excited to introduce two formulas that work, CV Defense and CV Acute. There's nothing quite like them. CV Defense is a daily preventative. The only supplement that delivers the six most important ingredients to optimize your immune function, including PEA, a critical molecule for long-term immunity at the cellular level. CV Acute is a fast-acting, great-tasting syrup for direct immune activation. It eliminates invaders with a fruit flower and root of patented Chinese medicine. I take it when I feel run down to fend off respiratory infections. Both products are safe, all-natural, and backed by numerous clinical trials. For more information and to order, go to TotalImmuneHealth.com and take advantage of discounts from 30 to 50% just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. That's TotalImmuneHealth.com. TotalImmuneHealth.com for the most exciting immune support products in years. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today we're going to take a deep dive into the microbiome. Uh, our expert today is Christine Roche. She has a master's in public health. She also has a CNS, uh, which means that she's a certified nutrition specialist, as am I. And uh, she's also a digestive health expert. Uh, and she has been involved in taking an integrative approach to digestive health for, well, uh, as many decades as I've been in practice, she developed and taught courses to Stanford University Medical Center and their heart disease prevention program staff, and is the author of two books, including Light Living, an Integrative Approach to Health and Weight. And uh, she has a private practice in health counseling, which you can find at digestivehealth.center. And uh, she has uh, too many accolades for us to uh, fully recount, so I'm going to cut to the chase and introduce today's guest, Christine Roche. Christine, it's a pleasure having you on Intelligent Medicine. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure, Ron, to be here. Okay. Well, you know, first of all, uh, give us a little background on how you got into this particular field. What led you to choose this path? I, I was working at Stanford Medical Center um, in research, um, particularly with the cardiovascular patients and diabetes. And what we found is, is as I was doing the research, you know, more and more patients were coming back over and over again for repeat bypasses did a little bit of investigation and found that, you know, most of them kept eating the same standard American diet. And, um, you know, and so uh, after a while, what happened is that I met a physician who was just beginning in the field of functional medicine. And he encouraged me, you know, to say, wait a minute, there's something else. Standard medicine is great. I, I support thousands of people, you know, all around the world that I work with. Uh, with the medic, they get medications, they get surgeries when they need it. Very helpful. I'd like the listeners to think about a tree. You know, standard medicine looks at the branches and goes up a ladder. A physician will go up a ladder and squirt a particular leaf with a drug. So we're looking at a symptom and the tree. And, you know, that's what standard medicine school teaches. Functional medicine looks at the roots of the tree. It looks at, you know, nutrition lifestyle factors, most importantly in my field, digestion, absorption, and elimination, and which factors, for example, how our soil influences 
and the water we drink influences our microbiome. How the food we eat from what soil it comes affects the microbiome. And so uh, the functional approach is really looking at the root cause, literally the roots of what is causing things to go wrong at the leaves of the tree and the branches. So I always say, let's get these systems to work together. And as you know, Ron, it's been a very long time. However, now I work with you know, with many physicians all around the country from conventional standard medicine with patients on many meds and looking at their nutrient deficiencies and, you know, digestive issues with some of those meds and how we need to combine that with the best approach with functional health care. Well, Christina, as you, as you well know, the, the elephant in the room is uh, COVID-19. And uh, there's emerging science that suggests that the microbiome is implicated in COVID-19 in a couple of ways. One is that uh, a disturbed microbiome dysbiosis and imbalance is associated with worse outcomes, number one, and you'll explain that. But interestingly, there's a whole new phenomenon of long COVID, people who don't get well after they've recovered from an initial acute infection. And they experience all kinds of symptoms. And it's thought that that, at least in part, is due to a disturbance of the microbiome. Now, you've done a bit of a deep dive on this subject, so uh, share with our listeners what you've learned. Yes, thank you. First of all, I want to say, you know, your body is teeming with microbes. Uh, you need to know that you have, you know, tens of millions of microbes in your gut and in your body, and, and collectively they're called the microbiome. They include bacteria, you know, viruses, fungi, and also amoebas, you know, different parts of the world have different microbiome compositions. What's important to look at is how the Western diet has altered the microbiome over the last 100 years. When you go to the indigenous cultures, you see that they eat mostly fermented foods. You know, the plant-based diets have a very different composition of bacteria, virus, fungi, you know, the microbes. So, and also, Ron, that two-thirds of the lymphocytes make their home in the small intestine. So there's a, a, a major uh, crosstalk between the gut bacteria and immune function. So, um, and, you know, one of the most important thing is that um, people that are hospitalized with COVID-19 show profound changes in the microbiome as it's measured in their stool specimen. Um, they have actually done a lot of studies with many different groups to show that uh, what happens is that due to the virus, basically there's a damage to the intestinal lining also, which then causes what's called leaky gut, which I'm sure many listeners have mm -hmm. heard about, yep. the impaired immunity and the gut function. It turns out that that intestinal leaky gut due to the damage caused by the virus is associated with also once people have that with damage to the heart. Now, what I want to say is that the first thing listeners need to know is that COVID-19, whether you're in the hospital or not, decreases the diversity and richness of the bacteria while depleting some of the beneficial species and overgrowing the others that are very undesirable. So, for example, what they found is that yeast and fungi proliferate and when you look at the stool of COVID patients, even not in the hospital, several months after infection, what is seen is dysbiosis. Dysbiosis means an overgrowth of the undesirable bacteria. 
that is also sometimes highly inflammatory for the rest of the body. So we know there's an interconnection now between the lungs and the gut. And for example, if a person who has a dysbiotic microbiome from the beginning, let's say they don't have COVID yet, it's so critical to test your gut or to find out what's there because people have no symptoms. I work with two physicians in a very busy digestive health center and we work nationally, you know, remotely all day long. And what we see is in these stool tests is that people before COVID had already some dysbiotic flora growing. They weren't aware of it. They said, I felt fine. With this bad bacteria overgrowing, when they get COVID, what happens is the bacteria migrates from the gut to the lungs. In the studies, they've even shown that people on certain probiotics have fewer infections, even without COVID. When you get COVID, probiotics do help in the hospital. Major Chinese studies show when probiotics are administered, people get out of the hospital more quickly. They have a much faster response. The key is that that what happens is that if you have dysbiosis before, by the time you get COVID, the bacteria multiplies, the bad bacteria multiplies in a, in a very significant way. And also what starts to grow is yeast and fungi. And those feasting fungi like Candida albicans, Candida auris, which is a very invasive species, drug-resistant, then also causes aspergillus flavors to overgrow. And these, these organisms persist in the school for months after the person has actually recovered from COVID. So you, have you worked with patients who have so-called long COVID or persistent symptoms after COVID to uh, apply these theories to restoration of their gut balance? Yes, yes. We have worked with quite a few patients who have long COVID now, where we work with, of course, um, looking at the dysbiotic level, you know, that's there and restoring. What we do is we restore the lining, basically repair the gut lining, which one one of the first keys you know, remove, help remove the yeast, the terrible overgrowth. It just is much more significant than we've ever seen before. These, these toxic yeasts also then create inflammatory cytokines in the whole study. And they, we found in long haulers that the worst yeast that's present, the worst overgrowth of bad bacteria, when we see that, we can certainly give the customized probiotic, you know, gut repair formulas, we have to work on all levels. We work with the nutritional, you know, on every level. We work with IVs if needed. We work with, you know, helping the body to repair what's needed. We, we inoculate with a good species. And, and what the good news is that you can actually, for example, F. Prausnitsi, which is a key player in the long Hi, COVID. I was just going to ask you about that. That seems to be the, yeah, the exactly. good guy bacteria. Unfortunately, yeah. you can't just buy that in, you know, in capsules, uh, you know, ah, in a refrigerated exactly. uh, form. It, it just doesn't, yeah. it's not viable. Yeah, well, the, the key is that uh, very important that as we tested these patients and the research in China, you know, all over the world, but the most important studies come from Europe, from China, show that the lower levels, you know, as people's F. Prausnitsi drops so dramatically in COVID, also the, B, the bifidobacteria for months after hospitalization is, is correlated with increased severity of systemic inflammation. And, and you say that there's a, a direct link to a heart, lungs, and brain. And of course, 
those are the sites of major damage in severe COVID infections, right? Uh, to some extent, yes. is it possible that yeah. uh, some of the devastation is, is mediated through the GI tract? Yes, absolutely. What we have seen and the studies prove that actually there's a very large study, more recent from the University of Massachusetts, found that Enterococcus faecalis, which is a species, you know, if that's present in fecal or even oral specimens, is the best predictor of severe disease. So it's actually an intestinal strain that is the predictor of severe disease. And when you can, you know, modify that before people get COVID, I mean, this actual COVID time, what we found is that doing gut testing on the healthy people contributes to actually and then giving them a very solid, you know, protocol for inoculation with the right probiotics before they catch COVID would then actually be linked with much fewer cases of long COVID. And how do you perform a, an assessment to give people a, a report card on whether they have an optimal uh, balance of bacteria, fungi, and so on in their GI tracts? Yes. So what we do, besides, of course, we do very in-depth intake uh, reports with people, is that people do a three-day stool collection in the privacy of their home, which is picked up by FedEx when they're complete, picked up from their home, and then two weeks later, we see a 360-degree picture of the entire microbiome, you know, 24 different phyla with thousands of species in each, done with a DNA PCR, which you know, Ron, is the latest, mm -hmm. absolute latest DNA detection, not only of good and bad bacteria, but what we need to do, it shows us which natural antimicrobials and prescriptions would help decrease this before a person even gets COVID. So the goal is, of course, to work at the root cause. Can we get the gut to a level to absolutely, you know, repair any leakiness that may be there, which is, of course, affecting the brain, the lungs, and every organ, then re-inoculate with the species, give them the best preventative protocols. And we've seen those people, the research shows actually those people that do that, if they were to get COVID or when, if they were to get it, they do not go under the long COVID. This is what's so exciting. It's according to this, you can actually prevent long COVID by, by absolutely healing every level of the gut and then the entire micro, the lung microbiome and also, you know, the mouth microbiome is a key factor. So we use iodine mouthwash, we use different things to prevent COVID. There's a lot of research on providone iodine with, with COVID eye drops. You know, there's so much that we do with people at our clinic to teach them the tools to prevent it even, you know, from the mouth, from the contact. Mm -hmm. But the key is to get the nose, mouth, and throat, you know, to a point where they are fighting at a level where it doesn't even happen. And the microbiome is part because, you know, microbiomes, of course, in the throat, the nose, in every organ in the body. So we need to know it's not just the gut. It's that our gut microbiome is a mirror of every organ in our body has its own microbiome. Just like the research shows, you know, that breast microbiome in breast cancer patients shows alterations yeah, years amazing. before the there's, cancer. There's a microbiome yeah. of, the, of the human mm -hmm. female breast. Uh, yes. So could you explain how uh, these uh, new precise stool tests differ from some of their antecedents, you know, uh, 
20 or 30 years ago when we first started stool testing because I've, I've it, it, initially I had some skepticism about stool tests. I said, well, you know, that's interesting is that, you know, we take a little bit of stool and we put it on a culture medium and it grows. But actually a lot of what's happening in the GI tract uh, is happening inside the GI tract. And once you extract the stool, it, it expo- gets exposed to oxygen. A lot of these species are anaerobic. And mm-hmm. so uh, we don't get a really inaccurate reading of what's going on inside. It's sort of like, well, it's the tip of the iceberg, really. Yes, and I, I agree with you that it, it's been many years of evolving of stool tests. When I started, you know, they were using mostly microscopy, and they were also using a process called multi-TOF, you know, to identify, as you said, you know, different species. And there was, I think it took a long time to uh, to basically find things, and they were not always accurate. Now, what is very exciting, as of January 2020, we're using the new PCR DNA. And with those instrumentations of the, you know, the DNA method, we're getting starting to see an accuracy in parasites, like the, the test that we use has, you know, flukes, roundworms, parasites, every single possible amoeba that you could imagine. And we used to not get the accuracy on the parasitology that we're getting now with the new PCR DNA. So this is instrumentation that actually does an assessment double and triple, to double and triple check everything. It comes from Europe. They're using a probe that is actually FDA approved. They're probes from, um, I've done extensive interviews with the lab physicians because I was asking the same questions that you're asking, Ram. They assured me that in the European Union approved their probes, the FDA, and that they have done double and triple verification that the strains are accurate. I want to share with uh, listeners, uh, I think, a really unique opportunity, which is uh, something that Christine Roche is offering. You know, apropos those uh, stool tests, I mean, they they can be pricey. Consultation is pricey. But you're offering our intelligent medicine listeners uh, an opportunity to explore their microbiome uh, with a bit of a uh, a bit of a discount. Correct? Yes, um, I'm offering a fifty percent re- discount for. Um, Two diff- I'm offering two different tests. The offer number one is a gut immune screen, your secretary IgA, that uh, um, tells you where you are within the immune system in your small intestine with a half an hour consult. And then offer number two at digestive health, H-E-A-L-T-H dot C-E-N-T-E-R, digestive health dot center will be 50% off the new PCR DNA, the latest technology GI360 test with a one-hour consultation. And, and you can just go to, you know, digestivehealth.center. It will be on the home page. I'm also offering, regardless of whether people want to test, a 15-minute complimentary introductory meeting at that location. So you can just put in a contact form and tell them you're interested. It will be a form to fill out, just short form. We will contact you for that 15-minute introductory meeting to explore what you, what you, how we can assist you. Well, great. That, that's very generous of you. And, you know, what I recall is that early in the pandemic, there was a very interesting, uh, it was actually a, a world map, uh, and it was an overlay of uh, countries that experienced the most severe COVID uh, cases uh, versus the extent to which those countries utilize fermented foods. And there was an inverse correlation. In other words, the countries where uh, 
fermented foods were a traditional part of the diet and used frequently uh, had less in the way of hospitalizations and deaths. Countries, the more advanced countries, of course, like the United States, you know, sometimes people cite uh, my least favorite food is yogurt. I hate yogurt, uh. you know, uh, or if, you know, the people do get yogurt, it's like a denatured form of the original yogurt and full of sugar and additives. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there a relationship with diet? I mean, that's obviously a rhetorical yes. question. Completely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, what we do is we actually ask people to eat a tablespoon of fermented kimchi or sauerkraut or mm-hmm. other fermented vegetables mm-hmm. like fermented cabbage before every meal. So, you know, at least two tablespoons a day. We do that even as a COVID preventative. We have them do the purple foods, purple potatoes, purple cabbage, because those are very rich in the polyphenols and things that, you know, anti-inflammatory. So we put them on a plant-based anti-inflammatory diet, and we have actually done studies with with carnivores, and we've seen the worst microbiome results that we have ever seen. When you say carnivores, not people who just include meat as part of their diets with ample amounts of uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, but Mm -hmm. people who are following uh, a strict meat-based diet to the exclusion of other things. Those are the people, exactly, Mm -hmm. strict meat-based, and we have seen absolutely devastating outcome in terms of the microbiome inflammatory. In other words, the the meat eaters that ate no vegetables are breeding the worst strains, which are the most inflammatory. Mm -hmm. And the non-inflammatory strains went away. The people that are plant-based, even if you eat some meat, you know, with that on the side, we give them the prebiotic foods, which are so critical, like asparagus is a great prebiotic, fennel, and leeks are a great prebiotic, you know, oh, and then wonderful. the fermented foods with that, the cultured yogurts that don't have any sugar, like coconut pulp, as it's called in California, has no sugar. It's, you know, teeming with species. That's what, as you know, Ron, these indigenous people and the people in those countries you mentioned, um, there are studies that in India, when they're using curcumin and plant-based foods, it's, it's the outcome that you were talking about dramatically different outcome because you're changing your microbiome into robust bacteria that's able to, you know, able to help fight the viruses in a whole different way than a dysbiotic microbiome, which is the average American has a severe issue with leaky gut and dysbiosis from the very beginning. Indeed. All right. Well, let's save some for part two because uh, we're going to continue our deep dive into the microbiome with particular a uh, particular focus on how the microbiome is related to immunity and resilience. And these days we could all use more resilience because, uh, well, the vaccines are here, but we need an all of the above approach uh, should the vaccines uh, not uh, respond to variants uh, or, you know, in some cases, of you know, there are cases emerging now of people who've received vaccines uh, who still succumb to COVID. So uh, digestive health is the theme. That's the website, by the way, digestivehealth.center. That, by the way, that's the domain name. So instead of .com, it's .center, yes. correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. That's correct. Christine Roche is our guest. She's a master's in public health, also a CNS, a board-certified nutrition specialist, which is kind of the highest uh, accolade uh, for a uh, a practicing nutritionist these days. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment with more of today's Intelligent Medicine. 